What is this fucking free hippie love shit? How you doing, all you rich motherfuckers? Coming up on First Course Verse, three more days of peace, love, and music. Live on pay-per-view, no refunds. Some terms may apply. (laughs) (laughs) That's next. Uh, hey everybody, welcome to episode 66. I'm David, and we've got everybody here to talk about something that is very interesting very not interesting. We've got the whole gang here. First off, we've got Sven, Beer Cooler Knutsen. Sven, how are you? Hi. I, I, <laughs> I am here. <laughs> you, did, you did it again. You did it again. You work at a church. Maybe that's your shtick. That's my shtick. Is that my sh- Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a cooler. I know. I bet you do. Also here is evil, pretentious cocktail Jimmy. Evil. What? How are you? I was good until that. No, I'm <laughs> I, I'm a little a little grungy, a little muddy, and I'm ready to rock. I don't think there's anything wrong with pretentious cocktails. Okay. They right. taste amazing. And then we also have here Rachel, a popsicle, and some Malibu polio. Rachel, how are you? I'm so good. It's like what we all drink. Oh. This episode is... I haven't done the popsicle thing here, though. Off to a a banging start. Um, (laughs) It's going to be a good one. We are all here because we have a continuance of what we talked about last time we were all here. Last time we talked about Woodstock 69, one of the most important festivals, if not the most important festival in music history. Now we're talking about... Woodstock 94. Yeah. Why? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, we're going to get into why. I guess somebody Everybody has to. is looking at me like, yeah. Woodstock 94. It actually is kind of interesting, but not at all because of Woodstock 94. It's interesting because of the Woodstock that came before it (laughs) and the Woodstock that came after it and the amazing miracle on many, many levels that this one didn't do more going either way that the other ones did. It is the most blah thing that we will probably ever try to talk about on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we're still going to try to do it. I think we can. We're not going to hide anything. When you first talked to me about that, you actually started messaging me about it a couple nights ago. And I, I very much got the feeling that you really weren't sure what the fuck we were going to talk about. Um, <laughs> would you say that's accurate? Right. Yeah, sort of, sort of. There's a lot of ways that we could go with this. I feel like there's there are things to cover. It's going to be way different than 69. Except for the mud. Yeah, I mean, every shit. Woodstock has its... Yeah. like. It, I feel like it's not Woodstock without a couple people dying, a bunch of mud. Mud and shit. Generally good music, and then sort of borderline crisis situation (laughs) the entire time. That's like what Woodstock is. It's like you're living on the edge of a third world nation uh, temporarily. But paying a ton of money for it. (laughs) Oh, Um, my God. Yeah, we should talk. Or just walking right in. Or just walking right in. Yes. Rachel, something that I thought about while thinking about what the hell we were going to talk about tonight. Mm -hmm. I don't know all that much about you and your relationship with 
this era's music beyond Hole, which we talked about. Wait, do you mm-hmm. like Hole or do you not like Hole? That's really important to establish. She loves Hole. Oh. You would know that if you listen to the podcast, Sven. You never listen to the <laughs> podcast, Sven. Wait, there's a podcast? Oh, my God. We're recording yeah. right now. Yeah, I thought we were just friends that hung out nah, and talked. No. And you made us drink I don't really like any of you very much. Maybe it's using us for profit. Yep. I thought this was my community service, but... <laughs> <laughs> I asked you a question, Rachel. Well, what was the question? <laughs> Great start, guys. Do you like the music out of this genre? Do you like the mid, the transition from early to mid 90s kind of I do. I feel like this is the time when I started listening to my own music as opposed to listening to whatever was played in my house. Stuff from Uh, the 60s and 70s that my dad loved. So there was a lot of nostalgia while I was studying for this. So that was good. But yeah, there's a lot of a lot of bands that I really loved. Your childhood just pretty much took you on this exact same journey that we're about to. You went from like yep. 60s, 70s stuff <laughs> to like yeah. 90s. There was nothing in the 80s. I don't remember them. What were those? Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. That's, I was there. I don't advise coming there. How old were you for Woodstock 94 Evil? Me? 17. Oh. I was almost 18. So this was right. This so was my you... music. This was like... Nice. So Did you watch the coverage I, on like MTV and Absolutely. And I probably have a way deeper connection with this Woodstock than you three yeah. do because of oh, that. Sure. Which I I had forgotten completely because of the other two Woodstocks. Those are the ones that exist sort of in cultural memory. Yeah. Studying for this one, it was hitting a lot of nostalgia keys for nice. me, for sure. Middle Child Woodstock. This is season two. We're gonna cover all three Woodstocks. We already did sixty nine at the beginning of the season. This is 94. We're going to do 99 in a couple months. There will be plenty to talk about in that one, which everybody I'm sure knows. I have a question for you guys. Ooh. Did you know that there was a Woodstock 79, yep. a Woodstock mm-hmm. 89, a Heroes of Woodstock 2009, and a Woodstock 50 in 2019? No, the Woodstock 50 didn't happen. That one the got canceled. Didn't ha- yeah. COVID? Oh, it did? No, it was pre-COVID, actually, because it, pre- it was supposed to be in August, but... Things just went all fucking. But not licensed though, right? Uh, so. 2019 was supposed to be, I think. But 2019 might have, yeah, supposed to have been, but the other ones were not. 2009 was like a tour. And the other, the, the 79 and 89, I think were just sort of like spontaneous events that happened. Yeah. Roughly near oh. Woodstock. It was sort of well, like. that's cheating. Yeah. But bands showed up and played though. Yeah. So there was, there were actual music there. I had no clue those things existed. Yeah. When did Michael Lang yeah. die? Is that why they canceled the 19 one? Oh, no, he just died this year. What happened to that one? Permit and production issues, venue relocations, and artist cancellations. So everything was just oh, getting so fucked, and they just it canceled it. Oh, it turned into the Fire Festival. Yeah, exactly. No, but, but it didn't get that far. Like, there were no sandwiches <laughs> with cheese. Would you call those sandwiches? I mean, two pieces of bread, that's a sandwich. Idiot sandwich, that's right? True. I guess open. <laughs> People order that shit on the kids' yeah. menu. Mm. I witness that every time I go to a restaurant. <laughs> Are you shit-talking grilled cheese, Sven? I'm saying that that's a legitimate sandwich. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's defending I thought you were making fun of people at restaurants that order grilled cheese. <laughs> no, I'm making fun of my kids because they order that shit, and then I throw it away. Or somebody throws it away because they don't eat any of it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it that's home, and I'll take three bites, and then four days later, it goes bad oh, in the man. fridge. Those would never make it in my house. A good grilled cheese, grilled ham and cheese, or grilled cheese with bacon and avocado Mm. and some tomato bisque. 
It's like hipster guild trees right right there. (laughs) This content completely suits 94 (laughs) Woodstock. Welcome to the Grilled Cheese Podcast, folks. It's not at all good. It's not really bad. It's just (laughs) kind of what it is. Substance. I think you said it really well when you said when you said the middle child. I was like, that makes sense because like the first one's like the good one. The second one is like the forgotten one, and the third one is the fuck show. Like the fuck show. That's kind of the (laughs) Woodstock. Yeah. Sven, what are you drinking tonight? Oh shit, I better get a drink. Yeah, it's the most important part of the night. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys want to help me pick? You guys want to help me pick? Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Okay. Yeah. I've got a Tricera Hops from Ninkasi. It's a double Mm -hmm. IPA with, you know, the Tricera Tops dinosaur because if you're going to call it Tricera Hops. That's witty. I get it. Double entendre. Or so fucking dreamy. Mm. Uh, from Payette. That's, it's a tropical IPA. Sofa King. It's a take on their Sofa King Ale. They have a Sofa King everything. Do that one. It sounds so fucking good. <laughs> it is. Oh, I just got that, you guys. Uh, <laughs> no, you didn't. You, Rachel, what do you got? David, hey, uh, mudslide. It's- oh, you actually did the mudslide. Oh, you <laughs> did it. Of course did I you did. go get like Friday's <laughs> big jug of? Oh. No, please. Oh, it's it's one step above just already in a jar. But it was uh, it's Kahlua Bailey's Smirnoff, I think, is what I had for the vodka, and then with oh, cream. no, that's pretty and syrup. Yeah, syrup, like... chocolate syrup, just Hershey's. Oh, okay, all right, we're good. How is it? Is it yummy? It's good. It's good, but it was like a lot. I did the it was like three quarters alcohol, one quarter whipping cream, and it was real strong. So then I put in like. Five more ounces of whipping cream. So I mean, it's Kalu and Bailey's. It's not like it's. Mm, I don't know if you know me as like a drinker. Actual David. alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going next because I haven't gotten to taste my real drink yet. Ooh. Because I wanted to be live for it. Mm. Because it is a recipe that Evil gave me. Ooh. Oh, I think I'm just going to start doing this. I'm going to start making Evil give me a recipe for the week's episodes, trying it on air, seeing how it is. It's really just a whiskey sour but it's a take on it. You do a Regal Shake uh, orange peel in it. And Evil, you told me to put like seven dashes of Angostura in it. Do you usually dash that much? Whoa. That's a lot. What? Uh, like on top in the... Did you do that in the shaker? No, 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 no. You said Regal Shake and then strain and add, oh, five drops Angostura yeah. on top. Oops. So, <laughs> well, well, so I just did two dashes. <laughs> Okay. I'm not used to drops. I'm used to dashes. So I think I just read that. I was like, five dashes? What the fuck? <laughs> That's so a lot. I'm going to try it. What's the difference between a dash and a, a lot. drop? Um, yeah. So dash is you spritz. What is a dash? And it, yeah, you, know. so you use it like a dasher bottle. God, this is so over my head. Like Tabasco. Yeah, like you. Yeah, that's... Oh, like you shake it. Yeah. That's really, really good. Wow. It's fucking good. So fucking good? It's fantastic. I might be drinking the same thing. Are you drinking the exact same thing? (laughs) (laughs) In the middle of shaking it, I'm like, oh, he's probably making this. Well, this will be a first. That's awesome. I'm having the same thing. Twins. You like that orange peel in there? Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. It's just a little new take on me. So whiskey sour is my favorite drink. Same. But it's... Did you use Buffalo Trace? Oh, yeah. Of course. Sven doesn't like Buffalo Trace. That's okay. Not everybody has to like it. All right. That's There's, true. Hey, there are different flavor profiles in... <laughs> Name one. Uh, See, you can't. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dave. I have the exact same flavor profile as me. Yeah. That's true. You are your own favorite flavor profile. <laughs> <laughs> That needs to be a t-shirt. Ooh. Seven dashes. 
<laughs> seven dashes of Dave. Seven, seven dashes of Dave. Seven dashes, Dave. Oh, this is going to be a long night. Like, <laughs> yes. More good content on the way after this break. <laughs> Holy shit. Good content. We are back. All four of us are here. We're ready to go. The first thing that we have to do, though, something very, very, very important. We have to guess what each other's favorite artists were. Somebody going to write these down? I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> but you have to actually do it. it this time, David. I know. Let's start with Rachel Polio. Who is everybody's favorite act? Okay, let's see. I started with Evil because I thought that was the most difficult one. Can I pick two? No. Nine Inch Nails. He picked Nine Inch Nails. All right. What about Sven? Hi. What do you think Sven picked? Hi, Sven. What'd you pick? I'll tell you, I did not pick <laughs> Apex Twins. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> I said Santana, but I don't know that that's right. Oh, that's a good guess. Wasn't that your 69 pick? No. Who was your 69? <laughs> Grow up, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> you grew up, David. It was Richie Havens. I picked Richie Havens. It was Richie Havens. You're absolutely right. See, sometimes <laughs> I know what I talked about. What about me, Rachel? The Cranberries. That's a shitty guess. I hate the Cranberries. <laughs> zombie! <Oops. laughs> zombie! I don't hate the Cranberries for everybody listening. The vinyl is right behind me. So. They'll learn. Uh, that was more of a cheat than anything else. Hey, Svend. Hey. What did Evil pick as his favorite act? That's probably the hardest one, I think. I think you and Rachel's a little bit have a better idea. Between Rollins Band and Metallica, and I <laughs> am gonna say Metallica. It's a good guess. It is a good guess. Pretty solid guess. I hear he likes yeah. that. What about me? What do you think I picked? You... This could go two ways. It could go a lot of ways. It could go like 200 ways. Is that many bands? Yeah, there were 200. There were 200. Did you study? <clears throat> no. <laughs> I just watched a shit ton yeah, of YouTube, too. <laughs> which amounted to just pretty much watching a bunch of performances because nobody had anything to I'm gonna say. I'm going to be honest. 70% of the only way that you could find anything yeah. on this was YouTube. Yeah. YouTube. Oh, yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. I'm going to say. Worst case scenario, you have to drink. So I know, which I yeah. I like to do. <laughs> violent Femmes. That is a good guess. I don't that's know a why. Really good guess. I, I did, because okay. the Violent Femmes are amazing. Yeah, that's a great. They guess. are. There's a live. lot. There's a They're, lot on here that yeah. I could see you liking. Yeah, there's a lot of bands here that there's, I like. <laughs> I mean, like, what do you think Rachel picked? Reminder, Taylor Swift and Blackpink did not play at Woodstock Night. They did oh not. Oh, my gosh. They did not that's play. not who I am. I need to change my posters. I feel like that's all you think about me. I think my goal of trying to get you to change your background is 14. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, then. I'm not going to say the cranberries. Salt and Peppa. Hmm. I could kind of sort of see that. Venerella That's actually good... got out on stage and like danced on this one. That was, yeah. a, I mean, you don't see That was see a good her... performance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good guess. Evil. <laughs> what about Sven? Sven. This was really tough. Um, None of the three that I picked, I'm that comfortable with. For Sven, for, for me, it was Santana. I feel like that's almost too safe. There's no such thing. It is. Unless you're using two condoms because they actually rub I was just going to say it does not work. I don't have an <laughs> an alternate to that, so I'm going to stick with. It. I think it's a good guess. I think it's a good guess. Yeah. What about Rachel? Not 
Peter Gabriel. Are um, you sure? <clears throat> you fucking lost, then, didn't you, Dippy? <laughs> yeah. Probably not Jackal. <laughs> I don't want to say the cranberries, but but I'm What's going to. What do you have against the cranberries? I'm going to say the cranberries. I think I like the cranberries. That's a good guess. Yeah, I'm going to say cranberries. And then what about me? What do you think oh, I like? I know that you were a big fan of Green Day from this era. I am. Yeah. It's true. And that performance is one of the most iconic performances of the festival, partially because it just devolved into abject chaos. How but you doing, they, you rich motherfuckers? <laughs> <laughs> but before the mud started flying, they were killing it. They were firing on all cylinders. So I'm going to say Green Day. That is a good guess. My turn. Rachel, I actually also picked for you Salt and Peppa. Hmm. It was on YouTube, right? I can't remember if it was or wasn't. Yeah, it was. Sven, I went Nine Inch Nails with you. I know that you're in a little bit of a Nine Inch Nails thing right now. And <laughs> it was like one of the more <laughs> iconic live performances of the mid-90s. And then Evil, it's funny you mentioned Jackal because I almost went with Jackal, <laughs> Kid Rock 2.0. <laughs> but I ended up going because they were there and I know your affinity for them uh, I went with the band. Mm, that's a good guess. I know these are very, very weird, maybe not good picks, but I don't care because <laughs> I like them. And now we can get to Woodstock 94, the Woodstock 94, ladies and gentlemen, August 12th through August 14th of 1994, put on by the same people that put on 69. By now, they were a basically a conglomerate. All that money that they were trying to make in 69, well, they finally had all the money that they were trying to get. <laughs> took them long enough. Exactly. Sven touched on that the most in the first episode, how long it took them to actually make money from Woodstock 69. That wasn't the case for this one. Oh, they hit it hard. <laughs> yeah, they they had a game plan for this one. <laughs> it took place in Saugerties, New York, which I didn't even look up. Where is Saugerties? It's like 100 miles away from the original site of 69 in Bethel. Oh, okay. So okay. It's a little bit north of that. They tried to keep it close, so maybe Bob Dylan would actually come this time. Hey! Stay tuned and find out if he did. Hudson Valley site, 840 acres. They sold 164,000 tickets. $135 a piece. I don't think you could get a car payment for that much back then. In $94, that's like, that's rent. Okay, I plugged that into an inflation calendar and it equals about $260 today. Okay. And I feel like that is completely sufficient for three days of music. That's less than $100 Well, today. how much is Coachella now? Like, Ooh, See, probably more than 2, that. 2000 bucks. Yeah, but that's a different animal. It is. It's, you know, sponsored by... Yeah. Is it? Coachella. It's mud-free. There's masseuses on side. They have oxygen tents. That's true. It's very, you live the life at Coachella. That's Their tickets start at 449. They start. Coachella That's like tickets. a one day pass. Yeah. You show up and then you leave. But even like paying 260 bucks for a thing where they're like, bring your own tent. Oh, and mosquito netting and wallow in the mud. <laughs> That's just like any other concert. It's just outside and tent. It was intense. <laughs> <laughs> Like warp tour, but for like three days. The amount of people that actually came to this was guesstimated at around 550,000 people. Hilariously, Michael Lang, John Roberts, Joel Rosenman, 
now Woodstock Ventures, they actually had a company, had the same exact fucking shit happen to them that happened in the first one. They put up these stupid flimsy (laughs) chain link fences that got torn through. Like, it's so funny because if you watch the old MTV videos where there's the newscasters and the stuff that evil would have seen mm-hmm. when he was paying attention to it. It looks so tidy and they're talking about the, you know, security's yelling like, took this away because it's not getting through. And there's these mm-hmm. big lines that people are walking through. Ooh, that was yeah. that the camera would just like pan left. People are like <laughs> lifting the fence up. <laughs> like hundreds of people are going out to get beer and just walking back in. It's the same exact shit mm-hmm. that happens. The security gave up after like seven hours of the first day. <laughs> yeah, there are the same issues of sanitization that happened the last time. Like they didn't learn their lesson about porta potties. Nope. I don't know if you guys saw this one as well, but a gentleman just walking around naked and somebody went to interview him and he's like, <laughs> so you're naked? And he's like, yeah, I lost my underwear because the porta potty didn't have any toilet paper. So here we are. Yeah. And so he's just wandering around naked. <laughs> yeah, and there's, you know, was... <laughs> there was something else I read that one of the concerts was happening and this guy like felt splatter on his leg and some mm. guy was just peeing right next to him. As you do. As they were watching a concert. It's the same thing we talked about in the last one that that was not mud. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we hear anyway wallowing in human admixture did you see the video of the guy like eating the mud there was a guy eating mud yeah Mm. i wonder how many cases of ringworm right salmonella right Right? yeah let's go over the (laughs) performers that were there from the original woodstock oh yeah maybe we've already talked about the band Mm -hmm. my guest for evil santana was there Joe Cocker, the man was there. Did anybody see the little five-minute thing about Joe Cocker playing? I saw Joe Cocker play. Yeah, I watched his performance. He gets on stage. There's an interviewer there talking to the people and purposefully kind of jabbing, like almost like a daily show sort of thing. Nobody knows who the fuck this guy is. Yeah. Nobody knows who Joe Cocker is. Uh, until the last song. The song. Until yeah. and then it's like, oh my god. And the crowd goes oh, that ape shit. It's it's pretty depressing. Well, I will say that that like the beginning of Help from My Friends mm-hmm. is the most magical minute and a half organ yeah. solo that like <laughs> slowly evolved into the groove for me. Not even the whole rest of that song, but that organ intro. We ought to fantastic. change our votes. For where Joe Cocker was in his life at that point, that fucking oh, yeah. performance is phenomenal. He's like up there on stage in like yeah. Sansabelt mm-hmm. yeah. slacks, looking like somebody's dad. Wobbly. <laughs> just yeah. just got done with his job at the accounting firm. Tommy Bahama yeah. uncle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Another one that we talked about a lot in the first one that we loved, Country Joe McDonald. Mm-hmm. And once again, he played twice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was a really cool thing that Lang, Roberts, and Rosenman did is they were like, dude, you have to play twice. You did it at 69. You got to do it again. Mm-hmm. It was a bummer, though, because I think it was kind of the same thing. Like, it just... Nobody got it. I think it. that mm-hmm. the overlying yeah. theme of Woodstock 94, nobody there really got it. <laughs> there wasn't... <laughs> yeah. The biggest thing that bothered me, it changed from three days of peace and love in 69 to two days, which actually was three days of peace and love. So they used the same tagline in 69 and 94. But the thing was, in 94, the U.S. was not going through the same stuff Mm -hmm. that it was going through Mm -hmm. in 69. 
it was just another concert. It was just another like three day concert. It wasn't Woodstock. I agree with you. Even the people that are being interviewed, mm -hmm. you start to feel the attachment onto disenfranchisement and struggles elsewhere that America mm -hmm. starts to go through because the people there are like, sure. you know, people are saying that we don't go through stuff, but what about crack and what about homelessness? No, you guys just paid fucking 200 bucks for a concert. You are not those. You're here. <laughs> the bros have yeah. taken over. Yeah. Or they're one of the 400,000 people that just snuck in. Yeah, well, that's true, too. <laughs> so maybe those right. people were. And we brought our crack. John Sebastian was there. And he was actually on the bill this time. Mm -hmm. The first time around, he just, like, happened to be there. And they're like, here's a guitar. You're playing, right? For, like, two hours. So Sweetwater, yeah. the surviving members <laughs> of Sweetwater. Surviving members of Jefferson Airplane. Did grateful, you already say? Grateful Dead. I was going to ask if you already <laughs> And then Who? the Grateful Dead. And then of course, evil. Do you wanna? Do you wanna say? Yeah, I think this is an evil one. <sighs> Wait a minute! Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> I need to change my evil's favorite performance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get into one other thing, but I just got it. You already picked Green Day for me. One of my favorite things that happened at this concert, the awareness of what this concert really was to me, came from Green Day. Their concert started. Billy Joe goes to the mic and says peace, love, and hippie shit. Yeah. And then the bass player comes up and goes, how you doing, you rich motherfuckers? And then they yeah. just blast into Welcome to Paradise. Right. One of the best starts to a That's concert amazing. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> they honestly looked like they had the most fun out of any band. Oh, yeah. too, even during like the mud slinging and everything. Yeah. Like, Billy Joe's oh, face sure. is just like a giant grin. The His guitar is covered in shit. I don't know how it made noise. But yeah. still, like, you, it was playable. Mm -hmm. and he's just got the biggest shit-eating grin on on his face mike the bass player got his fucking teeth knocked out tooth by security yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and he's still up there playing people including me will say that green day is not real punk but that performance was like as punk as mm. you can possibly get that performance punk. and maybe they were That's maybe they out. were out to prove something yeah you don't think we're real punk well we just got our teeth knocked out from security and we're in a mud fight with the crowd. So, yep. you know. And that performance like launched that album totally into did. the stratosphere. Like mm -hmm. with without that performance, do they become as big as they did at that point in time? I don't know. You know I, what I noticed though? It, Let's yeah. We're talking lineup. There's a massive lack of grunge bands. This is 94. We're coming right out of the grunge era. Not a single representation, mm -hmm. right? Then they're all dead. They're all in rehab. Yeah. They're done. Sure. But still. They're done. Cobain died. Cobain's died four months earlier. Four months earlier. Yep. Staley's in rehab. Yep. Who the fuck knows where Scott Wayland was at that <laughs> point? Perry Federal was there, but he yep. was a porno for right. Pyros yep. doing his best to die, uh, which he hadn't, still hasn't. Yeah. God bless that man. They had their grip on the scene. They were not present, and it was a bunch of new bands trying to get their, like, you know, mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. mid '90s, where this whole new wave of alternative rock, I guess, is is kind of what this is transitioning into. Like, comes out, yeah. and these mm -hmm. bands are just playing any festival and touring in any. You want us to go tour where? Yep, we'll go. I don't know. I think this launched a lot of bands into mainstream mm -hmm. pop culture. Absolutely, Rachel. Yeah. If you owned a newspaper, what would the headline for this festival be? Okay, but before that, you miss people that were at the first one. Who'd I miss? Aerosmith. Oh. All of the members of Aerosmith were actually at the concert Not performing. in 69. They, huh. they just didn't perform. Yeah. Just wanted to prove my smarts. Good job. Smartest one here. Thank you. Okay, so I have two. One is, there's probably pee in that mud. 
and entitled idiots try to recreate history and completely miss the point. Mm, I like that. It's very aware. Sven, what's your headline? Three days of peace, love, and maybe it's mud. I like that. I I I sense a theme here. I I sense a theme is exactly what I was going to say. I'm not Uh, not going to steer off course here. Uh, The mud is free, but everything (laughs) else is going to cost you. Welcome to Woodstock 94. Nice. Oh, Woodstock 94 should be beaten like the middle child that it is. Oh. I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> child Abuse Awareness Month, too. Come on. Yeah. That's a thing. <laughs> Jackal took the stage early on Friday. Jesse James Dupree took the stage with a bottle of whiskey and poured alcohol on the crowd. He then started smoking marijuana, which, by the way, back then in New York was a very, very big no-no. Right. Yeah. He shotgunned a joint into the camera with copious amounts of smoke filling the screen and the stage. The crowd cheered. The lead singer then lit a stool on fire on stage and cut it up with a chainsaw. He also pulled out a rifle and started firing into the air, but cut his hand, which started bleeding. And as he wiped his forehead, a streak of blood was left across his head. At this point, security dragged him off the stage. That's... That's, That's what did they, it. It was the blood across the floor. What in the- <laughs> you missed the part where the crowd went wild. Like before that, they were kind of there, just like the crowd eh, did yeah, go wild. And then that like launched the party. Then they're getting shot out, and they're like, "This but is yes. awesome." Well, I, you know, this is pre-Columbine, so there wasn't really oh, yeah, the whole were- like. I don't think people were thinking they were going to get shot. Jesse James Dupree, <sighs> stupid idiot, jackass, or yeah. awesome rock star. He's genius. I love the chainsaw. (laughs) I love Jackal. The band is like... I should have made that your... God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel, what's your take on that? He's a fucking idiot. Of course, yes. I I approve of of the drug use, lighting a stool on fire, shooting a gun, even if it's into the air over people. Who the fuck let him bring a rifle into Woodstock? (laughs) Also a really good point. Where was security? This was day one. When security was so lifted up the fence and like walked right in with it. And then caught up with the band backstage. Seriously, could you imagine if a fucking artist did that now? Oh my god. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm -hmm. This was their first show with Dave Navarro. Yeah. Yeah. Picture this. Imagine this, if you will. You are an amazing guitarist, and you join one of the hottest bands of the last 10 years that's about to come out with one of the most popular albums of a decade. They come up to you and they say, hey, you ready for your first big show? Yeah, man, totally stoked. All right, can you dress up like a light bulb? (laughs) Yeah. What? Can you put a big ass fucking heavy ass light bulb on your head and then wear this fucking silver suit and like with screws in the back of your neck? Was that the moment when Navarro (laughs) knew that he wasn't going to stay in the red hot chili peppers? (laughs) I can't stop because I totally Uh. can't get the image out of my head. I know. (laughs) If anybody's seen it. Navarro's such an image guy too. Like yeah. he always wants yeah. to look fucking badass and have my tats <laughs> out and I'm ripped. And it wasn't just him too though, but like the whole band. Can you imagine? Yeah. You imagine poor freaking Chad back there trying to drum. Yeah. <laughs> the giant light bulb on. Oh God. It was a good uh, performance though. Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Their yeah. performance of Higher Ground was awesome. I actually yeah. like Navarro in the Chili Peppers on certain songs. 
like that I really one. like yeah yeah it works I like that album too like, but love this quote from Henry Rollins who was there not with Black Flag but with the Henry Rollins band and these were the days where there was like a four year stint where he would get this mat out and he would just stand there in like a fucking karate stance <laughs> with his black shorts and just like right. be ready to fight gripping the microphone it was just the funniest fucking thing (laughs) newsweek asked henry rollins what do you think about woodstock and he said i think it's the hippies cashing in on all the money they were too high to make in the 60s (laughs) now they look like don henley and they're cashing in so make sure you get your yeah yeahs out before you go home because they're gonna get the rest Henry Rollins, say what you want about him. I am in love with him. That could there be a fucking better quote for Woodstock '94 yeah. than that? That no, kind of says that's it. Great. I don't love the Henry Rollins band just because I really love Black Flag and what they did with that. And I, right? I don't know. Henry Rollins was a little more cheesy, but I do. I love Henry Rollins. It's performance art. He's yeah. You know. I want to talk about Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Oh, they played there. They did. They did. Wow. And I have always not really cared for nine inch nails very much what but it's I, a pretty hate machine yeah i do they were fucking rock stars but not in like a lighting things and shooting guns into the air <laughs> I, I know that trent reznor had said they were having technical difficulties during their performance uh and he thought they played like shit i thought it was amazing they are amazing musicians apparently the grammys thought so yeah <laughs> no they got too. a grammy didn't they yeah yeah for, that, for happiness and slavery mm-hmm. also trent reznor was in his prime <laughs> and they they had a mud fight too right right before their performance yeah, yeah they, they, they got yeah, into they, a mud like fight and they came on stage covered in mud and shit mm-hmm. yeah yeah but it was it's rachel hit on it that they didn't even like that show right they were like dude Mm-mm. This was right after he was done like feuding with his old record company, right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. After Pretty Hate Machine, and he just went on endless tour after tour yeah, after were, tour after tour, yep. and then recorded Broken, and then like I think he was still in that mindset of like fuck the industry, and then of course you show up at this place, right. which was just like he said it straight out. Like I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, yeah, uh, we're cashing in a check yeah. so we can fund our tour. And that's what this was. Yep. But yeah. my God, what a performance. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, yeah. ladies awesome. and gentlemen, punch oh your God. balls off and please welcome Nine Inch Nails. Punch your balls off. <laughs> 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 that guy, Larry Bud Melvin, the guy who said that, mm-hmm. was a performance artist comedian who was on the, <laughs> the David Letterman show, the late show with David Letterman forever. Way back when he was on NBC nice. and then moved over to CBS with him. That's why I said one of the MCs didn't suck. It was him. That's right. He was uh, the. He introduced Nine Inch Nails. And then the first night, there was like the rumor that uh, the Rolling Stones were going to be there. It was supposed to, it was like the end of the night. Oh, yeah. And people, when they got Mick it's Jagger. It's Mick Jagger. And then Larry Bud Melvin walks out with like this young, hot girl <laughs> yeah. on his arm. And, he's, and he introduced Violent <laughs> Femmes, who then just destroyed the stage. They just yeah. killed it that night. Right. There were some interesting like pop culture sort of moments of this that I had completely forgotten about. Andy Richter was there. This was in an era like yeah. way different than what we experience today. Yeah. There are zero cell phones out. Yep. And the vibe is very different because everyone's engaged with mm-hmm. the band versus looking at the band through a screen. And then all of the correspondence isn't like yeah. social media posts or influencers. It's like these correspondence from 
you know, MTV, like John Seneca from MTV or, or Andy Richter's out mm-hmm. in the audience. Yeah. Or uh, I saw Artie Lang was there, like really young Artie <laughs> Lang was there. I think he was just there. I don't even think he was there working. I think he was just there to be there. He still had his nose. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so it was a very different, something that struck me going through all this footage. Woodstock 94 feels closer in time to me than Woodstock 69 did when 94 was happening. Oh. It's been way longer from 94 to today yeah. than in you know, 69 to 94 when I was like living through, I I wasn't there at 94, but I was like watching it live and it still feels closer to me in time. And, you know, maybe that's because like I was born after 69 Woodstock, but the thing that still separates it from today is that that lack of cell phones and the whole, the vibe was just very, very different. Everyone was so much more engaged with the stage and the bands and what was going on. Well, look at what happened between uh, Woodstock and Altima. Was that three months? I mean, I mean, obviously it's not the same. Like it was a completely different vibe and a completely different thing that happened. Well, that's, I blame the Rolling Stones. <laughs> ben, that's true. That's can a you, good point. It can was you make, Stones. I'm not even joking. I'll do the singing on it, but just like a little short punch in a, a music. And now it's time for DL to shit on the Stones. Like something like that <laughs> for the podcast that I could. Hey, Blues Travelers was there. Oh. Um, I mean, it's Blues Traveler. I like a lot about Blues Traveler. Um, one thing that I appreciated was John Popper bringing back the, uh, he did a little sketch of one of like the announcements from the original Woodstock, yep. except instead of talking mm-hmm. about acid, he was like, so there's the brown, brown Pepsi that's yeah, going the Pepsi, around yeah. that might not be so good. <laughs> the uh, the Crystal Pepsis, that's, dude, that's just great. But he had some good humor. And then, of course jammed the shit out of that set so i fucking loved him none of the other artists even pretended to give a fuck about the tradition of woodstock what woodstock originally was mm-hmm. they totally did embrace yeah, yeah. He, you could tell that he really gave a shit about the original woodstock and really wanted to pay homage to it yeah and i right i just i fucking love them i love him he, he played the star spangled banner mm-hmm. on his harmonica yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like total like homage throwback to hendrix yes like yeah. i loved that that and i i hadn't seen that before he is a boss on the harmonica that's <laughs> and yeah. it was that was just so cool that was like a such a very self-aware and respectful thing for him to do yes awesome we have an award named after john popper and it's never going away (laughs) we've talked about a lot of the artists so far Mm -hmm. and i'm still going to let you bring up one that we haven't yet if you want but i want to start with you on just a really quick question for all of you but i'm going to start with evil i'm going to ask you impressed or unimpressed metallica impressed very impressed. impressed Dude, they Very came, they they came out and played Bread Fan, a cover of a mm-hmm. Budgie song, mm-hmm. and and the way they did it too. Attention, concert goers! I'm sorry to announce Metallica won't be making it tonight. Fuck you, Bread Fan! And they go into that riff, the Bread <laughs> Fan riff, and I'm just like, Black Album era Metallica, like, you know, Newstead's got his hair short, Hetfield's got like the Massive super mullet, mullet the trucker with the stash, fucking Joe Dirt, yeah, the fish. chops. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> they were like full on Metallica kill. I thought they killed it. Rachel, did you did you watch their set? Impressed, unimpressed? Uh, I was wildly impressed. Yeah, 
They're fucking fantastic. They had some insane pyrotechnics as yeah. per did. usual, mm-hmm. right? Like giant fireworks display at the end. Like yeah. they, they blew some <laughs> shit up. Sven, impressed or unimpressed with Metallica 94? I was impressed. I was impressed. I mean, I'm, I'm always going to rag on Lars just because. <laughs> Poor Lars. But Why do you hate him? That aside, because. Okay. He... <laughs> I'm a Metallica fan. Right. And yeah, this was this was an awesome performance, I think. Aerosmith, Sven, impressed or unimpressed? Uh, it's a good answer. That was kind of a meh for me, but they also went on at like a really weird time. Mm-hmm. Like either that's really late or just really early for the next day. I oh, I thought know, you meant but... like the time for the band, like those 10 year stints where they were writing the same. Well, Both. where somebody was writing <laughs> the same song for them over and over and over. Rachel Aerosmith, impressed or unimpressed? I was very impressed. They're like 100 years old in rock star years. I mean, they were edging towards 50. The energy was just really impressive after all those drugs. That's true. Steven Tyler's just going after it the entire time. Evil, impressed or unimpressed? I'm right down the middle. They were kind of meh Aerosmith, meh Aerosmith mm-hmm. for me. Um, Crosby, Stills, and Smith. <laughs> they are tremendous performers, but... Yeah. It wasn't like anything special. You were in this really awkward, like the hat that Steven Tyler had on, and the they were in this weird sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know. That kind of threw me a little bit. I'm like, oh yeah, he was he was a weirdo. Uh, to but- me, this is when you can start to hear two things. You can start to hear the age. Yeah. The other thing is, by this time, they were so fucking, what do you want to, gussied up in the studio. Their Uh music was so radio produced Produced. that live was really not that good. They become cover bands of their own material. Exactly. Bob Dylan. Impressed or unimpressed? (laughs) Electric Bob. (laughs) It's like Bob Dylan playing lead guitar. I was... (laughs) I'm so confused by it. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> for me, it was awesome. I'm like, wow, fuck yeah, he can play. I will make mm-hmm. no bones about it. I'm not a huge Dylan fan by any stretch. It's just not my thing. But I, I enjoyed that. I liked it, and I liked that he played this Woodstock. He wasn't yeah. at. The he original. showed up. He showed up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna say impressed. I'm giving props for that. Yeah. Uh, Rachel. I had written down Dylan as a musical god. I was really impressed. I don't think I'd ever seen him perform live uh, and only heard albums, and I thought, fantastic. It was great. Sven? I like Electric Dylan a lot, and I'm glad that he showed up as Electric Dylan. (laughs) I think if he would have showed up and done, like, the folk singer stuff... Wouldn't have been. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it would have been. I don't think disaster. it would have gone over the same. But yep. I think he knew that. I yeah, I enjoyed it. I did too. Here's the thing about a Bob Dylan going electric. The band that he's going to have is going to be the tightest fucking band that you will possibly ever be able to get. Yeah. And with Bob Dylan's songwriting, you cannot fail. That's a good point. You're not going to mm-hmm. fail. Good point. So I agree. I very impressed. Peter Gabriel, impressed or unimpressed. David, he was really, really great. He's a great performer. Don't. He don't, has a sexy, smoky voice. Don't try to suck up That's, to the Peter Gabriel fans that are mad at you forever. He's not my vibe. I can, I can admit that he's very talented, and I enjoy much more him performing live than I did listening to his albums. I just don't like him, but he's very talented. Can I, can I give you a little podcast fact? Yeah. You are officially tied 
with complaint emails about somebody's opinion of a group as with me and the who. <laughs> so it's, it's me and the who and it's you and Peter Gabriel right now. We are tied with eight complaining. I often think, David, of how much you love me because I have never, this is the first time you have ever told me that anyone has ever complained about me. And I was like, I am a thousand percent positive there have been emails that have come in that like hundreds what the fuck is wrong with her no this is the first time you've said anything on a related topic i'm gonna take that as so many people agree with me on how shitty michael bubble is buble blip, i don't think whatever. we've really talked about it you and i have talked about talking about it but we've never really talked about it because why the fuck would we talk about michael buble on a music because oh, he's so talented oh jesus christ can we cover one of his christmas albums please this this year? Yes, please have me on it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Sven, Peter Gabriel, impressed or unimpressed? Yeah. Oh, shit. Jesus, what the f- yeah. I'm not unimpressed. I'll admit that like it's probably the one that I rushed through the most. Evil, will, will you make me feel better, please? Or impressed yeah. or unimpressed? Of course I will make you feel better. Thank <laughs> you. God damn I, Okay. First of all, I feel like Peter Gabriel is the new Foo Fighters on the podcast because I've talked about him so much recently. Anyone who's listened knows how much that both you and I love Peter Gabriel. I had no clue he played. I didn't either. Much less he closed out the entire thing. Yeah. And his perform, it's very Peter Gabriel. Mm -hmm. It was pop slash world music. Peter Gabriel surrounded by brilliant musicians dancing around the stage. Dancing and yeah. Doing his thing. The guy is weird. Yeah. Peter Gabriel is a, an artist. He really is yeah. a bizarre guy. And I love him. And I, th- I thought he killed it. I thought he did an amazing job, as he always does. He's consummate professional. And yeah. it was awesome. It, I and agree. also, on the other stage, the same night, his oh yeah wor- world of music, arts, and dance had a whole performance. Mm-hmm. Yusun Dora was there, I think, the day before, who also performed yeah. with him. I mean, it was like, oh my God, Peter Gabriel's f- fingerprints were all over this. Let's do one more, and this will have a little bit to do with our next episode, I think. Mm-hmm. Speaking of bass players. Hey, it was appropriate. They played a very appropriate song. Sure as shit did. <laughs> right? And also, yep. they had one of my favorite guitar players play with them. Yeah. Right? Wait, we yes. are talking about Les Claypool's yes. band, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Right. Lane was in rehab, which meant yep. Allison Chains couldn't play. So Jerry played with Primus, to which Les Claypool said, to this day, I am still trying to pick mud out of my fucking bass amp. <laughs> <laughs> he was not very... What was his other... Co- no, he hated the mud thing. Uh, what was his quote? Yeah. Like, uh, y- You know when you throw things on stage, it's a sign of small and insignificant genitalia. Yeah. <laughs> fucking love Les Claypool. I'm always impressed with Primus. That's the right answer. Yeah. How could I not be? It was a a great performance, but I think just the event itself made it hilarious. Rachel? Um, This is another hate mail. I don't like Primus very much, and I can appreciate that they're good musicians, but I didn't care for this performance. It was a little odd for me. Primus odd? I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Evil. (laughs) Do you find Primus odd? Shut the fuck I think up. That opinion is. That's not making fun of you. I think everybody very much it agrees that Primus is odd. <laughs> Primus is a weird band. That's what's like, fucking great about him. Yeah. Weird chords. Listening weird. to Claypool play 
the main riff to Master of Puppets on their encore yeah. was one of the greatest yeah. musical experiences of my life. Also knowing that he auditioned for Metallica when Newstead left, they're like, oh my God, you're doing your own thing, man. I don't, I don't think we can keep up with you. Um, you. You go ahead and keep doing what you're doing. But awesome. From the start, when he just starts mm-hmm. like strutting around stage, doing very his beginning. weird uh, redneck like. Yes, with that stupid hat he wears. Walk. Uh, the fucking Civil War. Love yeah. <laughs> everything about that. Oh, love them. And just the way he talks doesn't God. make any sense. Yeah. I wish they would have played Tommy the Cat, but other than that, loved uh, Tommy it. Tommy the Cat. I mean, my name is Mud. Ugh. It was, he had to know what was coming yes. when they, when they started playing that. <laughs> when, yeah. <laughs> Right. It was probably one of those like, guys, here's the thing. We know what's going to happen. We fucking hate it. But this is, we we don't have a choice. <laughs> we, we have to fucking do it. We have to. Yeah. Have to. <laughs> We've got some awards and categories to give out. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk good. some more 94. The Crystal Pepsi's fine. But just, you might want to avoid the brown Pepsi. So we're going to hate this you. Chris Black. He was 19 years old. He was from Alliance, Ohio, interviewed at Woodstock. And I need to say his quote because it's so poignant and amazing. I'm tired of all the talk about us being the Generation X or the slacker generation. And I hope this gives everyone a chance to maybe prove we do have a direction and a goal. Question. (laughs) Is (laughs) Is that the best quote that's ever come from somebody at a concert? That's the most Chris Black oh. quote I've ever heard. I mean, I feel like it's appropriate for this. Sven, <laughs> this is a hard question. Uh-huh. Kind of been erased from history. <laughs> what has history gotten right about Woodstock 94? The things that you do keep finding when you when you look through stuff. Okay, it was summing up 94 is that it was good, and that's why no one talked about it. Yeah, there was a shit ton of mud and shit and shitty mud. Mm-hmm. And that's just like a Woodstock thing. But like out of all the Woodstock things, like it was passable. Compared to 99 and 69, it went off with way less hitches. The two people that died were one from uh, diabetes and one from like a ruptured spleen. Not fucking ran over by a tractor or sexually assaulted or anything like that. Like At 20 years old, rupturing a spleen, like you're not just standing there and your spleen no, like you probably, explodes. You got to drink. Like that had to be like. You got to drink enough to swell it up. That's true. But there is a big difference between Woodstock 99 violence. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. some dude right. drinking too much and going into a mosh pit and getting his spleen ruptured. That's not fucking yeah. Woodstock's fault. That's the fucking dude's fault. I probably shouldn't even put, like, I'm talking about this dead guy. That's yeah. not very cool. The lack of a bunch of, like, information about it. Justifiable that it's kind of yeah. been erased from the history books. I don't feel like there's any super false, seemingly false information out there. I think people's perception about it may be a little bit different, but the smart one agreed with me. <laughs> Evil who this was a very important time for him. So I'd imagine if, if one of us had a different take on that, it's probably him. What about you? 
Here's the interesting thing about it is there is a dearth of actual information. Fred Durst isn't until 99. <laughs> <laughs> Durst. Woodstock 69, Woodstock 99, any other major cultural event that we will discuss on the podcast, we're going to go research the hell out of what other people have said about it. Mm -hmm. That is like a filter through someone else's experience that is going to color it in a way that it takes away from what actually happened. For this, mm -hmm. all that yeah. really is there is just a bunch of footage. And yeah. so to me, it's like the most pure way to go back and experience what happened there. Oh man, I wish we would have started this like weeks earlier because it just experiencing it again was without like someone else's slant on it. And we're so used to being fed how to think about things now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this one, it's just go experience it. And that's why I think seeing all this footage, people without cell phones, people actually just experiencing the event and each other. It was special to me. Like I, I actually really, really enjoyed listening to the music and watching the videos and stuff. It was like trip down memory lane, but also like reminding me how we should try to experience music. History got it right by just recording it and having it there for us to go back to. I'm not touching that because that's fucking perfect. Sven, what did history get wrong? Well, they could have said more. This? I don't know that history got anything wrong, but like marketing it and billing it as three days of peace, love, and you know, like writing the hippie vibe into this yeah. one was very, very like from the get go. That's not what it was about. This was about pay per view and the record labels getting mm -hmm. money. I mean, like they mm -hmm. they disconnected Aphex Twin's performance yeah. because he put a <laughs> fake name on his contract, yeah. <laughs> so that like negated Polygram's rights <laughs> to his performance. So they're just like, we can't get paid. <laughs> Three days of corporate greed. and uh, I found a quote by John Schur, who was the president of Polygram, who co-promoted the event with Woodstock Ventures. In 2019, he said this. He said, in the end, Woodstock 94 was a youthful celebration that proved sex, drugs, and rock and roll were still alive and well and could be enjoyed without mindless acts of destruction, even with the inclusion of a bunch of hard rock and metal bands. The sex, drugs, and rock and roll was just completely outside of the drugs, completely wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's what the original Woodstock was about. I believe that 94 was sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but 69 was peace, love, and drugs. It was a lighter vibe. It was a completely different thing. And I think thinking of it as this, does that make sense? It's, it's, no, I'm just thinking, and I'm trying to decide if I agree or 69 was they were just hiding better that they just wanted to go to a field and well, fucking take drugs. Well, like, if you have a half a million people well, naked you know, in the mud, somebody's going to fuck. And here's the thing. There's a difference between having sex and making love, right? Oh, Jesus there's, Christ. There's a difference. And like the, the, the vibe of the 60s was like free love and we can just do this. And in the 90s, it was like sex. Like, we can fuck whoever we want. It's totally fine because we have condoms now, and it's great. Rachel, in the 60s, they didn't give a shit about condoms. They were like, we can fuck whoever we want because we'll live forever. If there's a reason it was called free love is because there were no consequences to your actions. <laughs> I don't think that's what they meant. And it's, it turns into fucking in the 90s because it's like, wow. So they should have called it three days of this is an peaceful fucking music. Um, Sometimes I have to tell my dad when these episodes air, so I'm glad that he doesn't know every time. Evil, ag ag agree or disagree? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. 
What what are we doing? <laughs> Ask Rachel. <laughs> she was the. <laughs> <laughs> this is a function of just like how media operates the like corporate stuff that's put on record like the mtv interviews and stuff like it's all interviewing kids people who were roughly yeah. my age at that time but there were a lot of people who went to the original woodstock who were at this event and if you go dig into like YouTube comments and stuff, there's a ton of the sentiment of like, hey, I was at the original and at this one, and they both yeah. were awesome. Oh, super cool. So I think that's kind of that context is missing. I don't think you're going to find that in the for Woodstock 99. I think there's definitely mm, a different thing like, going on God there. Thank God we didn't go to fire. So, yeah. When we talked about Woodstock 69, we talked about mm -hmm. music. But not th right. not as much as we did in this one. I think that's I we talked about music. Ninety percent of what we've talked about yeah. is music. Not only was it good music, it was incredibly yes. diverse music. There was rave stock. There was hip hop. Mm -hmm. There was metal. Mavis Staples performed here. We just watched Summer of Soul, so that's a whole different conversation. But she was young. Metallica performed. Nine Inch Nails performed. A whole bunch of bands who were at the original Woodstock performed. You had the, the WOMAD group there. You had Cypress Hill was there. I mean, this was broader Fucking spectrum blues of traveler. music. Blues Traveler was there. Jimmy yeah. Cliff. They yeah, had, oh, I, mean, I totally forgot about Jimmy Cliff and Rita Marley and Shaba Ranks. Yeah. And you know what's cool is I, I know that Nine Inch Nails was the big one. 500,000 people in that crowd and everything. Mm -hmm. But then you watch the performance of the Blues Traveler that we just talked about yeah. in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm hundreds of thousands of people crowd surfing it's the same vibe nobody's up yeah. fuck man get so-and-so on the stage everybody's loving it yeah but when they start playing but anyway people go ape shit right you're right it's so eclectic green day when they, when it falls apart for them they start playing a twisted sister song and the crowd singing yeah. back to them i'm like what yeah i mean yeah the whole event was a celebration of music it was mm -hmm. commercial it was you know, the Woodstock generation being replaced by the Pepsi generation, another quote but I found. But you know what? But 69 would have done the same thing if they knew how. Exactly. And they didn't know how yep, yet. I agree. Is Woodstock 94 underrated, overrated, or properly rated? I feel like it's kind of underrated. I do feel like we kind of shit on it being this subpar copycat of 69. But when you really sit and go through the YouTube videos and go through the performances, and maybe I'm a little biased because this was, like I said, when I started listening to music in the mid-90s, there's some really good bands and there's some really good performances. It was great musically. You actually said this in the 69 episode that they got the most amazing bands for the most part that you could get yeah. in one place for a festival. That's amazing. Sven, same question. I feel it's properly rated. It was a good music festival. That's what it was. Uh -huh. I don't know that it was mm -hmm. historical. It wasn't like a first. It wasn't groundbreaking. It wasn't mm -hmm. It wasn't anything that like had a, a significant, holy shit, this has never happened before. It was a really good music festival. Yeah. It was a really, really big Lollapalooza. It was a, yeah. yeah. Kind of evil. Culturally, as being part of the Woodstock franchise, it's overrated. But mm -hmm. musically, I think it's dramatically underrated. Yeah. In some ways, I think it eclipses the first Woodstock musically and culture Im impact, not even close to the original, but musically yeah. on par and in some ways better. I think this is vastly underrated. You compare this to a fucking Coachella or something like that, and it makes those 
ones that we now pay thousands of dollars to go to complete bullshit. Yeah. You compare it to 69. It was nonstop. They had a great plan. The guys that put it on really knew their shit. And then like you all touched on, the music was fucking phenomenal. Follow up question to this. Was it sheer dumb luck that this festival didn't turn into a 99? <laughs> Do you think that there was that much of a difference in the anger of the young people? Or do you think that it just, all intents and purposes, the same exact shit happened in this one. People weren't getting enough food. They weren't getting enough to drink. For a while, they ended up doing fine. It was hot. They were muddy. They were dirty. Things were getting stolen. They had set things up for 150,000 people and 500,000 people were in there. Heavy metal was being played. Nine Inch Nails was being played. And yet it didn't happen. Do you think it's sheer dumb luck or do you think that those five years made that much of a difference? I think a couple of things are going on here. We mentioned that there was like the 79 Woodstock and 89 Woodstock, unofficial things. This was the first one that was legitimately trying to recreate the peace and love of the first one. So I think it had that in its favor. I also think even though you have Nine Inch Nails Metallica out there, you don't have someone yelling <laughs> on the microphone, give me something to break. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> the grunge bands existed in a bubble. They wouldn't have been able to exist a few years later because there's no place for them on radio. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like the beginnings of the divisions that we see that are so large. There's like giant walls between different groups of people now that was kind of starting to happen right after this. Mm -hmm. I think there was definitely potential in 94. Before I really got into reading about it, I was just watching the video and thinking, those crowds are terrifying. Those crowds are moshing. They're yeah. dirty. Yeah. And I remember going to Warp Tour in 99 and getting the shit kicked out of me during Blink-182. And it was terrifying. And that was like 130th of the size yeah. of mm. this. And I... Yeah. I felt like when I started researching, I was like, is this the one where they burned the town down? I can't remember. Um, <laughs> but watching the crowds, I was like, this is the one where they burned the towns down. And they didn't. And I was like, okay, well, that's 99. You have Cypress Hill <laughs> come on. And they said something like, rules are meant to be broken, you ignorant motherfuckers, just yelling at the crowd. And then said, you ignorant motherfuckers who can't come to a party without being violent. Let me tell you something yeah. you can understand. And then he sings How to Kill a Man. And it's just like, yeah. what are you trying to do to your audience, man? <laughs> Everybody was so, this was the same year that Reality Bites came out. Mm. It wasn't cool, like Evil said, the music wasn't there yet. And it wasn't cool to be angry and fucking violent and yeah. shit. This was the time where that was not cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. What was cool was not giving a shit was laying back and be like, I don't care. I don't care about anything. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. let's play a quick game. Ooh. You ready? Yeah. Mm. Rachel. Yeah. Who should have been there? <sighs> Allison Chains, Johnny Cash, maybe. Mm -hmm. Guns N' Roses. No. Nirvana. I'll accept Nirvana. They should have put Johnny Cash on the North stage. That's all I have to say. That is some bullshit. Johnny Cash turned the party down because he wasn't on the main stage. But it's like, fucking johnny cash like shove somebody off the goddamn north <laughs> there's not anybody that's like less popular than johnny cash that you can push to the south stage seriously well so hindsight's 2020 because johnny cash was not popular at that point he hadn't come out with the hurt Right. He hadn't done anything for a, a long time there. So while I completely agree with you, 
it's easy to look at it now and be like, what the fuck? But back then, it doesn't I make can kind of see it. He was in two Hall of Fames back then already. <laughs> That's true. I think over time there became a lot. I don't know why. I don't know if it's a YouTube thing that now you can go back and look at old performances so easily. But people like Cash and Dolly Parton and people like mm-hmm. that are so much more respected now mm-hmm. than they were That's in the fair. 90s. Yeah. yeah, There's got to be something like that to do with it. Sven, what about you? Who should have been there? Impossibly Nirvana, but... Yeah, yeah. I'll, but I'll accept it. Any grunge band. I feel like there was just, I know it was on its way out, but. It's weird that Soundgarden wasn't there. That's yeah. my pick. God right? damn it. Oh, really? Oh, Jump the gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the Super Unknown came out earlier that year. Yeah. They were probably doing some giant world tour for it. It would have made sense to drop in of that Seattle group, I think. They're the ones that would have made the most sense. Yeah. And oh my God, what a performance that would have been too. Any yeah. So I we all said a different band because I actually said Guns N' Roses. Mm. I think this would have been the perfect time for Axel and Slash to just say, hey, look, let's get back out there. Let's fucking do it. We can do a year of touring, make a shit ton of money like Coachella used to do where they'd get the one big band to come back, get a radio head or something. We Slash wised up. Yeah, Slash was there. Slash was Mm -hmm. there. That was a But he was kind of doing a lot of he did yeah. a lot of stuff right around this time. When I saw him in the footage, I'm like, that's Slash singing with Paul Rogers. Oh my God, that's Neil Schoen from Journey and, and Jason Bonham's kid. Right yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And so that, that was awesome because I had not seen that before. This is a question that blew up in my face on Woodstock 69. I don't care. I'm going to do it again anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what amount would you pay to go to this show, Evil? I think I said nothing for the original Woodstock because everyone just walked you- in. I think you that's did, what I did, but I think that was more of a cultural... Right. You can't go back in a time machine and... This one, I would pay whatever they were charging to go to this. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> this is like tugging on all of the nostalgia strings for me. Uh, Rachel. $135. <laughs> With inflation? <laughs> With inflation, sure, yeah. Okay. So $260, okay. I would have paid $260 to go see this. <laughs> Spend like a dime bag. <laughs> How much is a dime bag? Hey, in New York back then, I'd have been like, "Here, hold my drugs while I lift up the fence, mm-hmm. and then when we both get underneath, give me my drugs back." <laughs> I just don't. It's funny because I'm so old now. The thought of being in that fucking crowd with that fucking mud, <laughs> <laughs> even with these bands, I'm like you know what, pay per view. I can sit on my couch and like, okay, how mm. much? How much was the pay-per-view for this? Uh, probably, what, like 40 bucks back then? Something like that? 39, $39.99? $39.99. Yeah. So we got favorites and we got best. Keep in mind, there's a difference. Rachel, what was the best act at Woodstock 94? Ooh. The best act of Woodstock 94, I think, was Nine Inch Nails. Okay. Slash Green Day. No, you can't do a slash. Slash didn't play with Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> Evil, what was the best act at 1994? The same as my favorite, and I'll save it for when you ask that question. <gasps> oh, oh, what? You can Snap. do that? Evil Apparently, always breaks all rules. The rules were meant to be broken. <laughs> <laughs> well done. 
<laughs> so I'll go next. Is the best act is Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Uh, if you, I'm just kidding. Gotta get under evil skin. You're an idiot. The best act of 94 was Green Day. Every single second of that show was perfect. Yeah. I have a very complicated relationship with these motherfuckers, <laughs> but that concert is one of the best festival concerts there will ever be to me. What about you, Sven? What's the best act of 94? I was going to say Green Day. Well, you t- we can have the same answer. Well, since you can't. S- Pick something hey, else. Yeah. Seat's taken. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. At this point, I'm just like Blind Melon. Blind Melon. We haven't talked about Blind Melon yet. We haven't, and Blind Melon was great. That was an iconic performance. Him in his girlfriend's dress on acid. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty <laughs> yeah. fucked up. Yeah. I think that's a great answer. I'm going to go to evil because we're all waiting in anticipation. What is the best and your favorite act of 94? There are a few contenders. Mm-hmm. One of the the lesser known ones, and they played a shorter set on the first night, was King's X. And they played a short set, but it was awesome. I love Jackals, what they did. That's some rock star shit. Violent Femmes, come on. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. killed it there. Killed it. Metallica killed it. Mm-hmm. Green Day was probably my number two okay. for both questions. Favorite. Drawing out the suspense but here. Fucking Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Nine oh. Inch Nails. Drink. Is everything. Drink. And I, drink. I drink. got the whole. I got the whole bottle of Buffalo Trace because I knew that was going to happen. Yes. <laughs> my God. Everything about their performance from start to finish. They go dive out in the mud, get a mud fight going. They basically put themselves on the same level as the crowd. Yeah. Then go up on stage and murder it. Even though Trent's like, yeah, we had technical difficulties. We're phoning it in for a paycheck. They killed it. Come on. They absolutely killed it. They're like crushing their equipment through Dude. the whole fucking thing. It was. It was a great performance. Mm. It's it's an iconic performance. It's, and one of my favorite things, because I, I did this on purpose. I talked about Larry Bud Melvin, that guy from... Punch your balls off. From The Late Show. There's a photo of him and the band from the backstage that is a brilliant <laughs> thing. That was in, in like his obituary. It was a like crowning achievement for oh. him to have like been... Ba- which is I thought was awesome. So everything about what they did. Did you hear the story behind Puncher Balls Off? No. So he went to Nine Inch Nails. Was, what do you want me to say to introduce you? And Trent was like, it doesn't fucking matter. Nobody listens to anything when you're introducing. <laughs> you can say punch your balls off. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And he went up there and he said, punch your balls that off. And everybody's so like, much yeah! sense. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that makes, that's one more reason why that awesome. is the best and my favorite performance. Everything about it. Prior to prepping for this, my image of Woodstock 94 was Green Day. Chunks of sod back at the crowd. And that still is there, but now it is that Nine Inch Nails performance. Rachel, what was your favorite act of 1994? Okay, I think everybody should get a little bit of credit because runner-up was the Cranberries. They were great. Hmm. Fucking love that performance. Hmm. But the winner was Green Day. Green Day, Hmm. I mean, we don't need to beat a dead horse, but like, fucking awesome like they were yep the best performance in my mind they engaged the crowd they were they're so musically talented that was they were great Sven uh who was your favorite act of 94 it was kind of almost a two-way tie here my runner-up was Violent Femmes oh 
Wow. But I'm settling on my favorite being Blues Traveler, I think. Oh. Just because. Who's going to wow. guess Blues Traveler? <laughs> that was, to me, an awesome jam band represent. That's the closest thing to like a jammy. Well, not the yeah. closest. Because you had 69, Santana. You had some other. I but like it. as far as a newer yeah. 90s jam band yeah. thing. And, you know, I well, got that. And Blues Traveler is just, they're so good live. Oh, yeah. They're so I don't, I don't really enjoy a lot of their studio record. I mean, they're they're good, but I would rather How listen to them live any day. <laughs> there is a YouTube video that you can find of them playing Hook at a Howard Stern birthday. Ooh. Oh, yes. It Holy is. fucking <laughs> shit. Howard Stern's not a big, he doesn't fawn yeah. on people, but no. they get done and Howard Stern's like, I could listen to that all fucking day. Holy yeah. shit. I think that's a good choice. I fucking love John yeah. Popper, man. Hell God yeah. damn. Favorite act of 94 of mine is one that we haven't talked about. Huh. Melissa Etheridge. <gasps> I love that. Melissa Etheridge? Yes. I thought she... I kind of want to say Cheryl Crow because you know her drummer. Well, we haven't talked about oh. Cheryl Crow. And we haven't talked about Cheryl Crow because she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> she had a good drummer. Oh, my God. But I have to drink because Rachel guessed my favorite act of 94, oh. which was the Cranberries. Yes. Really? I knew I'm it. I'm already a, a big Cranberries fan. Not obsessed or anything, but I just, I, I think they're a really talented band. They come on in the middle of the day. They're one of like the three fucking artists with a female in it. <laughs> Every single song is, I just thought it was a perfect fucking set. Mm -hmm. When Cranberries was on, goddamn, I love loved the cranberries every second of that show i really loved watching and that's why i will drink some pendleton now Yay! <laughs> good job rachel thank you svend which woodstock was better 69 or 94 oh they were both better but for different reasons what's the answer yeah well okay <laughs> i'm gonna say 69 <laughs> just edging it out barely because it was a first and there were so many things that i think exist and happened because of it like there wouldn't have been a 94 without 69 almost guaranteed they would call it something else <laughs> i'll go next i want to say 94 i honestly do just because it's my music it's fucking green day and primus and the cranberries and mm -hmm. but 69 mm -hmm. over the last two years that we've been doing the pod and we did 1969 and we did the episode on woodstock i just the respect that i've grown for that music i already had respect for that music but it's grown tenfold and with the cultural significance i do think that 94 is incredibly underrated because of how well it went, that there yeah. weren't more deaths and there weren't more crazy shit that happened. But 69 is, it's fucking Woodstock. Uh, what about you, Rachel? Um, I think your last sentence kind of convinced me. 94 wasn't Woodstock for me, just because I had a connection to 94 because it was my music and not my dad's music. I want to say I liked 94 mm. better. But man, it's it's not Woodstock. This was a, a really, really great concert with a lot of people at it that were just fantastic at the time. You talked about it, Rachel, in the 69 episode that when you watched Country Joe and the Fish mm -hmm. play the, the ragtime, yeah. you don't get those moments in 94. No. Evil. I'm going to answer this differently than you I, three. I hope so. I'm answering it going by like, which would I prefer to be at? Being a fan of like storytelling and mythology, I look at it like... In the time of like ancient Greece, their you gods know, were the Olympians. You know, in 69, they hadn't figured out creatine yet, and there weren't kettlebells. And, you know. 
Sorry, sorry. The group of performers at 94 were like my Olympians versus like the Titans who were the gods that preceded the, the Greek gods. That's what it feels like to me. And I've, I mentioned this when we did the breakdown of the year, the music from 1969, that feels like the music that influences my music. I feel the same way here. Yes, 94 would not have existed without the original, but it's still my Woodstock and I'm sticking to that. I think we did a really good job with 94. I think we said a lot more <laughs> than I, I ever thought that we could have. This actually went <laughs> really well. Uh, I'm going to cap this off with a quote from uh, Chris Black. He's 19. He was from Alliance, Ohio. I'm tired of all the talk about us being the Generation X or the Slacker Generation. And I hope this gives everyone a chance to prove we do have a direction and a goal. End quote. Yep. <laughs> Good night and good luck. Mission accomplished. Thanks for letting us talk about Woodstock. <laughs> Rachel, Sven, Evil, you're the best people I know. Aww. I love you to death. Aww. I think that's it. Have fun. Good night and good luck. And keep <laughs> my wife's name out your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, oh, I.